0: Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat.
1: There was three kings into the east, three kings both great and high, and they has sworn a solemn oath, John Barleycorn should die. They took a plow and plowed him down, put clods upon his head, and they has sworn a solemn oath, John Barleycorn was dead. Welcome to Will of Ir Lunasa, the sixteenth episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of Robert Burns' 1782 adaptation of the sixteenth century folk song John Barleycorn. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary
2: Meat. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother, and that's a really violent song. Oh my god, it gets so much worse, you have no idea. It's like, man, poor John Barleycorn,
1: dude. He deserves such a he track. got him. He got him drunk because his blood <laughs> is beer. That's what he did. And then, in, he would think and then he's saying thank you. And then they kill him, and the next year he's alive again, standing in the fields. How yeah. dare he? <laughs> That's what the whole song is about. The whole song is about the harvest cycle and making beer oh, <laughs> out well. of barley.
2: Well, okay, gotcha. And bread. Beer so and bread. yeah, so uh, both good things, right? Right, exactly. You'd think exactly.
1: so. And the fi- the final stanza is John Barleycorn being like, "I win, bitches! I support the economy."
2: <laughs> I like this John Barleycorn. Uh, yeah,
1: uh, it's 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 relevant to today's topic, Lunasaw, because Lunasaw is the first harvest festival in the wheel of the year, yep. and that's what we're going to be talking about today.
2: Yep, first fruits. But
1: before we get into any of that, we have a new patron. Yep, who gets their name read. Just the one. So thanks to all of our patrons, and special thanks to our new patron,
2: Kay Sat. Thank you, Kay. Sat. Sat, (laughs) yeah. We appreciate your patronage and your support. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, so if anybody else wants to support us, they can go to Patreon and look up Three Pagans and a Cat, or they can just go to the website.
2: And click the link and that's on the, the website, yeah.
0: Patreon, <laughs> and that's three
2: and a cat dot
1: com.
0: That is yep. indeed, yep. Three,
1: the numeral three, yep. Pagans Patience. and a cat,
0: yeah. Pat- three patrons.
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> <Jeez>. my goodness. <sighs>
0: It's going to be a rough one, it's just going to be okay with it. It's going
2: to be one of those days. (laughs) Well, what was it, Ostara, that we had to record three times? It was one of them, yeah, Yeah. that
1: that we had a really rough... Well, there was one we had to record three times because there were technical difficulties. Right. And then there was one that we recorded three times because we would get halfway through the episode and then just, like, run out of energy.
2: (laughs) I'm oh. starting
0: off low energy today, so, mm-hmm. well, so we'll
2: get there. We'll get I'll be, there.
0: I'll be quieter probably through this episode. Yeah, Everybody, don't freak out, Kirk.
2: I just he's um, here. He just yeah. tired. Kirk got a
1: promotion recently, and new job is a lot. And yeah, it's, it's been yep. wearing him out just yep. a little bit. He'll get there though. Yep, and coming
0: home and falling asleep at seven o'clock at night. <laughs> it's ridiculous.
1: We're talking about uh, Lunasa, which has a silent. I'm going to spell this one because man, you guys. Uh, so it's spelled L-U-G-H. N-A-S-A-D-H. It is pronounced Lunasa, and it is spelled much closer to that in modern Irish. The spelling I just gave you is the sort of traditional spelling of Mm -hmm. Lunasa, and it is the one you will find on most Wheel of the Year
2: calendars. And it is also known as Lamas. L-A-N-N-A-S by other traditions.
1: Lamas is the Christian holiday that takes place at the same time as Lunasa, and is probably derived, if not explicitly from the celebrations of Lunasa that were extant in Europe at the time of Christianization, then it probably derives from reinterpretations of Greek and ancient Hebrew first fruit tithing traditions, mm-hmm. which developed independently from one another as far as I can tell.
0: I actually know something.
1: Yes, okay. Tell us. Tell us. Sure.
0: Lunasa is actually two words shoved together. Yeah, I know. Lu, Right, yeah, The I'm name
1: kidding. of the god. Right. And Nasad, which, which means assembly. Yes, because or a gathering. Yeah.
2: Isn't it, yeah. yeah. yep. it Lu who actually is not only worshipped at this festival, but is the one who started it? Yeah. Uh, him and his mother.
1: So the story goes that Lou's foster mother, Teltu, which I don't know how to pronounce and I'm guessing.
0: <laughs> Agreed. It's <laughs> a good guess, though. I'm glad you did it. I no um, idea
1: she went on uh, a campaign of clearing the plains of Ireland so that it could be used for agriculture. And she she was successful. She cleared the plains, and Ireland was ready for humans to make farms on it. But afterwards, because she did it by herself, basically, she dies of exhaustion. And Lou, her foster son, establishes... What is called the tail Tailten or something, mm-hmm. yep. and those are the feast and funereal games for Teltu to sort of celebrate her life and mourn her passing, and that evolves into Lunasa. Oh, that's right. beautiful. That's mm-hmm. a
2: beautiful start to a, yeah. It's
1: a, a really it's a really interesting a holiday tradition. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what Lamas means? Yes, Lamas. Well, there are there are two speculations about the etymology of. Lamas One is what's called a folk etymology, which means that uh, some antiquarians in like the 1700s looked back and were like, I think this is a back construction from lamb mass when they used to go (laughs) give lambs to the church because they were born out of season. But no, that's not where it probably comes from. The probable etymology for Lamas is chlifmes, which is uh, an old English... Term for loaf mass. Yeah, uh, uh, it derives yeah, right. down. Yeah, Red. it derives down from Old German. And mm, these days, when Lamas is worshipped instead of Lunasad, usually by heathens or other people who worship in an Anglo-Saxon direction, it is called Clafmæst, which is loaf feast. Ah, yeah. yeah, gotcha. And lo- th- there are actually some differences between Lamas and Lunasad. Lunasad is, like I said, the feast and funeral games for two. And Lamas is traditionally when the first loaves that were baked with the first uh, uh, harvested grain Mm -hmm. for the year were brought to the church for blessings. And it's probable, like I said, that this Christian blessing festival is an extrapolation from a combination of existing Lunisad and Lunisad-related celebrations and... First fruit fruit traditions in Greece and and um, Hebrew. I think it probably for the church derives down from an an ancient Hebrew tradition of tithing your first harvest. Right, and that
2: that is biblical. Yeah,
1: I think that probably derives down from that tradition. Mm -hmm. We suspect that there were similar first harvest festivals happening in Germany and in that area. Right, it makes it logical, but we don't have like conclusive evidence of it. Mm
2: So really what what you're saying is the way we celebrate Lunasa, if you celebrate Lunasa mm-hmm. or Lamas. Right. It's kind of a combination of the two. A it lot of like.
1: a lot of neo pagans now, yes, do celebrate sort of a combined Lunasa
2: Lamas. Mm-hmm. I'll um, confess, I did not know is that. Must is that a Roman Catholic tradition?
1: It's not. It's not done in the modern church, except okay. in mostly Eastern Orthodox church. Oh, okay. but it gotcha. was.
2: It was. I didn't know. I, I assumed it was a pagan right, tradition.
1: Right? No. It was. No. It was. It was. Lamas was common in like the medieval church oh, okay. because there were farmers everywhere, right, right. right. And bakers, and you know, so it was part of the church. It was to an extent part of the church, like maintaining control over the population, Mm -hmm. because if you had to bring your first harvest to the church to get blessed, you were going to show up on the 1st of August.
2: (laughs) Minimum, you would be at church that day. And I do think we need to state that this holiday, Lunasa slash Lamas, is August 1st.
1: Right, yeah. August 1st is the traditional date for celebrating Lunasa. Some traditions will celebrate it on the closest full moon.
0: Yep, Yeah. that tends to be where... The Celts would yeah, where, have done it. and where been. Druids do it right, now yeah, is yeah. it
1: will be on the closest full moon to August 1st. And then makes sense, actually. Uh, yeah. In heathen tradition, there is like this split. Most heathens don't celebrate Lunasa. They will celebrate Klafmest. or they will celebrate Freyfaxi, which is a little wild. Freyfaxi is the holiday that McNallan put together to when he was like making a heathen eightfold wheel because right. mm-hmm. the Wiccans had one and he wanted one, which right. is how heathens do everything. Um, <laughs> I want one, damn it. Right. You can't have this unless I can have it. So he grabbed the name Freyfaxi, which is the name of a horse in Hrafkel's saga. It's an interesting choice. I suspect he just picked it because it has Frey's name in it, and is right. a god mm-hmm. of fertility mm-hmm. and horses and it made agriculture, sense. and he was like, Frey should be worshipped during this lunisod time, right. because harvest is happening. Unfortunately, there are some weird implications with this, because Freyfaxi's owner is Hrafkel, and Hrafkel suffers, he's, he's, he starts the story as a, a Freyrgodi, so as a, a priest of Frey, right. He suffers a series of setbacks because he makes some bad oaths and in... Right, yeah, oaths in, are important. Yeah, you have to follow your oaths even when they're shitty ones that you shouldn't have made to begin with. It's right. basically like a cautionary tale about, you know, Making thinking, thinking through the, the ramifications right. of your oaths. But So he makes some bad oaths and by following them through, he damages his community and suffers a series of setbacks. Right. And in the course of, the, of suffering all those setbacks, Freyfaxi, the horse, is pushed off a cliff by his enemies to, you know, deliver him unto Frey and to hurt Hrafkel. Right. And as a response, Hrafkel becomes an atheist and never worships again. So it's an interesting choice for naming a holiday. Right, yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, especially one that has, you know, connection to various gods. Right, well, and this one, like, explicitly... In Asafru this is a time when you would worship Frey. There yeah, are other yeah. gods
1: in, in heathen sure, tradition that you sure. could worship during this time. Sif is a common one. Thor is a common one. Right. Uh, the,
2: the various earth any, goddesses. And earth goddesses and agricultural yeah, gods and yeah. goddesses.
1: Uh, well, it, Sif and Thor are sort of an interesting choice here because they're Aesir. Mm-hmm. And Vanir are the are the pantheon that's usually worshipped during agricultural times, mm-hmm. during agricultural holidays, which is Frey is one of the Vanir. Mm-hmm. Um, Sif and Thor are Aesir, but Sif... Has this golden hair, which there's a story about Loki cutting it off for reasons of Loki's, mysterious yeah, reasons right, of Loki's yeah. own, and that's thought to be like an allegory for cutting wheat.
0: Oh, gotcha, I get it.
1: yeah, exactly. And then, as punishment, Loki has to go to the dwarves and get them to create these this golden hair. For Sif to replace her real hair, and the it's supposed to be a story about like you cut the wheat, and then you make money off the wheat, like right. And then Thor is Sif's husband, and is a bringer of rain and protector of men. So you sure. worship them yeah. at this time. Yeah. But it's a it's an interesting. It's one of the very few times that that it, that the Aesir other than Thor who's worshiped by men almost all the time are worshiped during an agricultural holiday which is why I bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> but we
2: digress. And I, I digress <laughs>
1: repeatedly. So Freyfaxi is a it's it's a modern holiday. There's no evidence that I've been able to find of ancient um, origin. Uh, yeah, of an ancient origin for Freyfaxy or of, of worshipping Frey explicitly during this time as opposed to other times. Right. It really is just attached to this time f- for Lunasa reasons and and to correspond with Leifmest. But it's worshipped basically anytime in August and sometimes into September because there's no set date for it because right. it's a new yeah. invention. Yeah. So, like, whatever your kindred feels like doing yeah. is when Freyfaxi's done.
0: Now, I read that John Barleycorn is Mm -hmm. actually an analog for Lou.
1: I've read some interesting things about John Barleycorn, yeah.
0: Because John Barleycorn is supposed to be the living spirit of corn and grain. huh
2: mm-hmm. Which is why a lot of times people make corn dollies during this time.
0: Yep. And as the grain is cut down, John Barleycorn is cut down right. as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Dies horrifically. Right? Dies <laughs> <Yeah>. horrifically <laughs> with clods of dirt upon his head. And is right. then
0: <laughs> mutilated
1: <laughs> to make bread and Ugh. ale and yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> you know, it's basically uh, a death and rebirth story. Right. Yep. Um, which is also a very big in the Lu thing. So right. I mean, it's 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 interesting to see like maybe the and this is a maybe people. This is right, not yeah. a. It's
1: speculative, right? This yeah. is speculative,
0: yeah. but that it is a, like an analog of a way for the Christian Church or the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To, to take. A story that everybody already knew from Lou, Mm -hmm. and just attach another name to it to make it less God-oriented.
2: I mean, yeah, these. uh, Well, that's not something that I mean. Yeah, John John Barleycorn. We don't know
1: the exact age of the John Barleycorn song. The I think the first recorded instance is sometime in the 16th century. Mm. But other than that, we have no evidence of how old exactly it is.
2: And what I was going to say is that's not exactly an unusual practice for the. The church at the time right to take something right. that was pagan in Syncretism. origin and meld it into their own yeah the
1: early church was very the early church, was very, the early yeah. church yeah. was very syncretic i've also read that there's a, there are a couple of scholars who think that john barley corn is a natural growth of an ancient germanic and anglo-saxon character called baal Okay. Who may have either been or also derived down in another tradition to Beowulf. Hmm. Oh, um, interesting. I actually
2: wondered that when you said the name.
1: Yeah. So there are some, like, there's dispute about this. And there's not a lot of information about Beow or his mother, whose name I can't pronounce. I'm not even going to attempt. not, not going to try attempt. it. The story that has been reconstructed is that Beow's mother dies and... Bayo goes through a journey where he is slain and reborn. Gotcha. And they're like, okay, well, so Bayo becomes John Barleycorn. John Barleycorn is related to all these other sacrificial deities, right. et cetera, et cetera. And
2: representative potentially of Lou. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. At least certainly in Ireland and Scotland certainly. you would think. Yeah. Yeah. Where where flu I think what it all boils down to because as a Let's as worship. a solitary witch who's not a Wiccan, right. I've never celebrated Lunasa. Right. For you it, this is a religious is, holiday that's it's not like, really relevant to you. It's not really relevant to me. I think it's interesting. I honestly didn't know that much about uh the history of mm-hmm. Lunasa or Lama. I didn't even know about that Lamas was... <laughs> that Lamas Christian. was a different thing, yeah. <laughs> a different thing altogether. I thought they were the same thing. Nope, nope, just they're different. Just Celebrated. Wait They're wait just... wait, time out. I did more research than you. You did. Yes. Yeah, no, llamas and Lúnas are totally separate holidays just worshipped at the same, same time. time yeah. But for me, I was looking at going, okay, well, what does this what is this all about? It's at first fruits. I was like, "Oh, okay." And she didn't look any further into, than into that. She was part. like, First fruits, I get it." <laughs> okay, yeah, I get it. But there's so much more deep meaning uh-huh. to it. It's yeah. actually very interesting.
1: Yeah. The difference between me and Gwen is that Gwen sees first fruits and has everything she needs to know. I see first fruits and go look up first fruit traditions to learn that in ancient Greece the first fruits of every harvest were traditionally brought to the temples of Demeter and Kore, and that over centuries this evolved from a practice that supported the priesthood into a practice <laughs> that supported the government. Like-
2: you know, I think for me it's because you know, as a green witch in particular, uh, I really celebrate the the equinoxes, the mm-hmm. solstices. Of course, I also celebrate Samhain and Yule. The fun ones. The fun ones. Um,
1: (laughs) Although, we'll get into it a little later, but Lunasa is a pretty fun holiday. It is.
2: And that's the thing. I'm like, man, shit, I've been missing out. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
1: there are some layers. There are some deeper layers to Mm -hmm. Lunasa, especially about, like, sacrifice and and Mm -hmm. necessary trials. But it's a very fun holiday to celebrate. Yeah.
2: And I think the other part is, it's called Lunasat. I don't worship (laughs) the god Lu, so it also, there was kind of this... Thing for me, going. Should I really participate in this? I you right. know, He's not my god.
1: <laughs> so it, right, but there. I think there's there's an element of like everyone's invited. Yeah, because it's it's the funeral for his foster mother, right. and during Lunasa, traditionally, in addition to the feasting and the athletic games and plays put on to to talk about, they they do plays or they did plays at least in the medieval period where someone would represent Lu and would fight another god called just the Corn King, mm-hmm. who created the harvest, right, who created the plants. And then Lu would fight him to gain the treasure of, of the agriculture mm-hmm. and for mankind and give it to men as, like, a gift. Gotcha. And then there would be another play where he would fight the Monster of Blight to prevent... The harvest from being ruined further into the year. Um, For
2: people who are out there who are like me, there's a lot more coolness that goes to this. Right. There's a lot of interesting stuff behind this this, uh, sabbat.
1: What I was going to point out is that during Lunasa, there were truces declared during these games. And so kings, people from different tribes, would all come come together, together, like during an all thing. Uh, In heathen tradition, they would all come together for lunasat, and contracts would be signed. Legal disputes were settled. It was a time to do matchmaking. So, like they, there was a tradition of trial marriages. Where you get married for a year and a day, and then at the end of that year and a day, if you're not compatible, you can just split up. You don't have to go through like a whole proceedings or anything. You you just declare your marriage done, and then there are no repercussions for that. And if you are compatible, then you just stay Amen. married.
0: Would that not be a great thing to bring? It would to be right.
1: Oh it's yes. it's a very like smart idea. As yeah. soon as I read it's about really, it, I was like, this should be the law. Yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> exactly. It really is brilliant, actually. So you know, there's actually customs to how they. Cut the grain and stuff to do that. Did you know that? No,
1: I didn't. Okay. I didn't I didn't catch that.
0: The first sheet would be uh ceremonially cut at dawn. Whoa. Yeah, so early, early that's cool. Winnowed, ground, and baked.
2: All like, in one right, like right, yep. extremely fast harvest process. Bread, which
0: was then shared with the community and thanks. Awesome. Yep. That's very cool. And then the last sheath was ceremonially cut and made into a corn dolly if it was a good year, a good harvest. Oh. Or, it could also be made into a clonach, or a hag, or a crone. Oh, into if a form witch. Bad, oh. Right, if it was a bad harvest.
2: Interesting. And then that one
0: would be plowed back into the Hello, earth if it yeah, and to, to,
1: to and Yeah, and then refertilize the soil. Yep. Re- wow. Interesting. Yeah,
0: so, I mean, like...
1: To be like, hardcore. fuck you, bad harvest. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> GTFO blight monster Nobody wants your shit
0: And then once the harvest was complete And safely gathered in Festivities would begin, so right. none of the festivities happened until, until everything all was done. The right? Harvesting was done. Bread was made from new grains. That makes to sense give because the farmers, Lou, yep. the
1: farmers can't afford to go to the party until the harvest right. is right. done. Right, exactly. So it makes sense to just and not have true. the party until
2: the harvest is done. My yep. grandfather and uncle and yeah. cousin were all we're farmers. farmers, so I understand that completely. <laughs> right. You can't. I didn't even we, you know don't... what a
0: farmer was until I moved to Michigan. <laughs> <so. Yeah. laughs>
2: City
1: boy, yeah. But I do have one more, just one more little okay. point I'm going to make, and it's it's just going to be a drive-by point. Well, two drive-by points. First drive-by point is that this all of this only applies to the north, the northern hemisphere, and the southern hemisphere. They do lunisat in February.
2: Right. What are they? Are they celebrating anything right now? Yeah, they're yeah. celebrating whatever the spring stuff the is spring right stuff now. Stuff, yeah. 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 yeah, We should have
0: probably looked that we up because uh-huh. we actually have southern
2: uh, for you, we... guy
0: in the southern hemisphere, guys in the southern hemisphere who who listen to us.
2: This we've never been we,
0: we messed up.
2: And <laughs> Happy <did> whatever.
0: Not, <laughs> and didn't figure out what it was this time. Estra, um, maybe? Uh, is it Ostara? Is it Ostara? Are you
2: celebrating? Uh, Somebody message us and tell us what the fuck is star right, right now in the Southern Hemisphere. I, I think Ostara is and then, February.
0: Hey, invite us and we'll come celebrate right, with yeah. you yeah. and we'll do a second wheel of the year on something we've already done. <laughs> But from your part of the world. It makes right. perfect sense. Anyway, sure sense. My, anyway. Second,
1: my second drive-by point. <laughs> that wasn't a drive-by, but go ahead.
0: Yeah. It's because we both talked. We both talked. Yeah. Yeah. My,
1: my, my second drive-by point is that August 11th in my area, but anywhere between August 9th and August 15th, will be Sirius's helical rising, which is when it becomes visible in pre-dawn. So there are some people who worship that for various reasons. I worship it because Sirius, the star, is known in Scandinavian areas as Lokabrena or Loki's torch. And since Loki doesn't get a holiday, <laughs> cuz you know we right? we're we're just gonna
0: we're gonna add a ninth wheel to the wheel of the year and make a Loki holiday.
1: Several Lokians worship what's called Lokablat at this time. So for me and my and you need you have to look up in your area when uh Sirius's helical rising will be in your area but it varies by your location. But so for me that's gonna be August eleventh, so I'll be worshipping and celebrating loki at that time
2: <laughs> all right now i'm done we can okay. continue on with lunasad stuff lunasad which we have gone a little bit on the history i suppose uh-huh. but it's really actually very interesting mm-hmm. I, I really that is and so we didn't, much didn't even know. cover all the history oh yeah. no there's I skipped so, over much, there's yeah. so yeah. much so of, folks but. if you are like me <laughs> and you're going oh first fruits cool do a little more research because it's actually libra. it's actually really pretty cool Okay, so now can I share it? Mm-hmm, yes, because All obviously right. we're not going to be doing some of the stuff that you described, which that's hella cool, right? We
1: don't have any fields
2: to harvest. <laughs> we don't have any fields to harvest. I wouldn't even know
1: how. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> there may be somebody out there who does, but anyway. So here are some things you can do if you're like us and you don't have a field to harvest. If there is a spring or a well in your area, you can bless it and decorate it with flowers.
1: Yeah, Lunasai is one of the holidays that there were occasional bonfires, but they were rare and not like part of the usual festivities. Yeah, so this is Other it, enough
0: though this is a fire festival. So
1: It's it's always listed as a fire festival, but it was like traditionally not worshiped with actual right. fire. Right. Okay, it was traditional to
2: to go to make journeys to wells. Right. right. Okay, so you can also harvest the first crops of your garden mm-hmm. or your herb garden if you have herbs and dedicate <laughs> them to the gods, bake some bread which I think I'm going to do. Uh-huh. Uh, float flowers in a local creek or pond. Take a nature walk and collect goodies for your altar. Hold your own Talatian, how do you say yep. her name? Talatian games. The funerary games. For Lou's foster mother. By competing in athletic games, poetry reading, or any other contest that would be fun. Make a god figure, which is made out of the ears of corn or, you know...
1: Right, or a, you know, or a, or a, or a corn witch. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep, or a corn yep. witch. Ask your local farmers, good harvest or bad harvest? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah.
2: laughs> you can all obviously do magic to help you finish long-standing projects by the fall. Include blueberries in your feast. Uh, these are a traditional traditional food for yeah, abundance. Yeah, there are,
1: there are a lot of fall fruits and vegetables. Yeah, you can do at yeah. this time. Blueberries, um, blackberries, apples, carrots, any kind of gourd... Pomegranate would be really good if you, especially if you're in a Hellenic tradition, mm-hmm. it would be good to do yep. pomegranate. I have a
0: dope blueberry pie recipe. Oh, that yeah. I'll make sure that we that we'll into put on the, the notes. on the notes. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah.
2: Share your harvest with others who are less fortunate. So give to something like pagans in need. Decorate with sickles, size, fresh vegetables and fruits, grains, berries, corn dollies, and bread. Save and plant the seeds from the fruits that's consumed from the Mm -hmm. feast or the ritual. Yeah, this is the time where you would dry your Mm -hmm. seeds for the next year. Um, You can walk through fields or orchards or spend times along creeks and rivers and ponds reflecting on this time of year and and the gods of your choice. Mm -hmm. Then the other thing that I thought was a cool idea too was gather the tools that you use and bless them in order to bring a richer harvest next year. So
1: I have some more abstract like advice for celebrating this holiday okay. that I'm just going to run through really yeah. fast. First is to remember that this is a holiday about harvest, whether Lamas, Lunasa or Freyfaxi is what you're celebrating. These are ultimately First Harvest Festivals. That's not only necessarily literal, but metaphorical. These are the times when you should have already done the bulk of your work to establish something by this time. Right. This is the time when you should be reaping either your rewards mm-hmm. or your failures, depending right. on how right. well you did this during is the summer. First Harvest. So, this is a time for gratitude. It's like heathen th- or pagan Thanksgiving. Right. Like, this is the time where you get what you deserve whether that is good or bad mm-hmm. right. and you should give gratitude if you did well and apologies if you did bad right yeah. this is also a time especially if you follow the stories about Lou's death and rebirth or john barleycorn if you have a sacrificial deity in your tradition this is a time to remember that sometimes sacrifices are necessary Even, and perhaps especially, when they are your sacrifices. Mm -hmm. It is not always someone else's job to do the hard, shitty thing that needs to be done. Sometimes you are the person who has to do that job. So take some time during this holiday to think about, okay, what are the hard, shitty things that need to be done that I've been avoiding? Because it's time to do those things. Right.
0: Guess what? It's time for Gwen's Garden Gems.
1: <laughs> ooh, is it really? Yeah, we're starting a new segment.
0: And I just renamed it.
1: You yes, did. you did. Uh, like, the alliteration ooh. was great. Uh huh. So we're <laughs> so we're starting a new segment. We talked last episode that we got some um, feedback about the herbalism episode or yep. the episode the episode in which we included herbalism because it was inadequate. And we agreed. Initially, we were just going to do a whole new episode about this, but Tally, one of our listeners, who we love, suggested to us that we start doing a regular segment, like The Reviews. In every episode
2: where we cover a plant. Yep. So we're going to start doing that.
0: And so Quinn's Garden Gems starts now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the plant that I chose to focus on today is aloe because it is also included, at least in some of the correspondences, to Lunasad. Perfect. Just some basic information. There are, believe it or not, 240 different species of aloe. I believe In it. Europe, Asia, Africa, and the Americas. Only four of them have been identified as with medicinal value to humans. It's the so one, make sure you got the right aloe, yeah. right? And one of these four is probably the one that we're most likely to run into. That's Aloe vera barbadensis, which is what's usually which is what's on my right my, the, uh, the the
1: aloe you're probably the,
2: thinking the of. one right. you find at the store is yeah. this particular aloe. Yeah. It is part of the lily family, and it is a succulent. It actually resembles a cactus Mm -hmm. uh, in both appearance and habits. It has these fleshy leaves that are kind of spiky on the edges and can be mottled that's mottled not modeled M O okay. T T L <laughs> E D It means they're speckled. They're speckled. These leaves are also basil rosettes by the bottom. So they actually mm-hmm. kind of flower. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. There's some history and some lore about these. They're they're considered to bring good luck. They're considered to drive away evil. They are used in mo- in many family herbals because they mm-hmm. have as most people know, they have excellent healing properties. Right. For, they're great for
1: burns, for burns, small any cuts. skin
2: irritation, yeah. that kind of thing. And they're pretty easy to take care of. So yep. most families can have one. There are references to aloe in Egyptian lore, in the Bible, um, in various areas of Africa. Basically it's, it's really simple to keep and maintain an aloe plant. Mm-hmm. You can harvest it as and use it as needed, but you do want to make sure that you don't cut more than a third of the plant away so that it can regrow yep otherwise you're you're you, you will kill over, it. you can kill it if you over harvest it, and you really only need a very small bit of one of its Leaves to get a nice amount of out al- of the yeah, juice you- and the and the uh, gel. Which yeah, it's
1: is- it's a, it's actually a gel that's inside the olive. Yeah. leaf. Um, and there's
2: also juice as well. Yeah, but the gel is what has the yeah. burn soothing yeah, yeah, exactly. properties. It's also really good for skin care. Uh, mm-hmm. You can use it. You can put it in uh, a moisturizer. You can put it straight on your skin, and it'll it has really good benefits for taking care of your skin. Magical attributes. It is considered to have feminine energy and is uh, related to the element of water. It is also related to the moon and the astrological sign of cancer, and it is considered sacred to the goddesses Venus and Aphrodite. It can be used as an amulet against accidents and misfortunes, especially around the home. It's also used for love and beauty spells, as well as related to any, obviously, lunar energies. So I I have my aloe plant living on my altar, my green altar. You want to keep it in a soil that's meant for succulents, so mm-hmm. it's kind of dry. I only water mine once a week. Yep. That's all it needs, and then as you, of course, ours lives inside. Yes, it right. does live inside, and they can they can get quite large mm-hmm. if you have them in a large enough container. A large yeah. enough container, or if you have them planted outside, like if you live in a dry area location, yeah. you could have them planted outside and use them that way. So, anyway, time to
0: move to Arizona.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, that's just some interesting notes about aloe. They People do use aloe juice. It is sold in some health food stores. But there is a risk for diarrhea and cramping yeah, and diuretic. things like that. Um, So you want to be careful in using aloe juice. You know, it's recommended by some people, but...
1: It's one of those things that I think is sometimes recommended without considering the full
2: ramifications. You want to use the aloe juice with caution. Mm -hmm. You're better off using, in my opinion, the aloe gel. Yeah, just as direct application. Which is a direct application kind of thing. Or you can put it into what you're using for your spell work. But just make sure that you're not eating it. Obviously, it's something that is uh, not edible.
0: And that's it. For Gwyn's Garden
1: Gems. <laughs> nice delivery. Thanks. On that.
0: I want to bring up something that's not related
2: at all. Okay. okay. But
0: I really wanted to bring it up. All because right. we live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We do. And there's a place here called Frederick Meyer Garden. Yes. Mm, yeah. Which is a... It's beautiful. Beautiful, like, garden-y botanical. Oh, yeah. botanical botanical garden botanical garden. They
1: get butterflies.
0: They have a corpse flower. Have you Ooh, ever heard of a corpse yes, flower? Yes, I have
1: heard of the corpse flower. It's flowers. actually pretty cool. Okay.
0: It has never bloomed yeah, in the 18 years they've had
1: it. Yeah, corpse flowers bloom like once every 50 years or
2: but something. But listen, but listen.
0: It bloomed this oh. year. And oh, my so we'll, God. will we'll make sure we put a picture of it up on the notes. But it bloomed, and it stayed bloomed for an entire 48 hours before wow. it wilted and died. Wow. Now that it is of adult age, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, Every three to five years, it should it'll, bloom it'll again. will Yeah, but anyway, so I just thought it was Corp pretty cool. Corpse are
1: weird. They have, like, this incredibly bizarre life cycle. <laughs> they really <laughs> And do. they're
0: really not even flower-like. No. I mean, if they, you've they, ever yeah, watched look, A Little Shop of Horrors, they look yeah, like Audrey it too. looks like Audrey 2. It's too.
2: Too. Yeah, it, yeah. Audrey 2. It's kind of like a Venus flytrap uh-huh. slash... Audrey, you know, too. Audrey too.
0: Audrey <laughs> this, this So the picture we'll put up, and I'll put up what it's about, but that's a 12-hour cycle.
2: Wow.
1: So
0: it went from, like, that's amazing. nothing to open in 12 hours, I'm and then... glad that we're
1: viewing this from a distance, because they're, they're called corpse flowers for a reason. Yeah, my understanding <laughs> is that the <laughs> fragrance is not pleasant. No. Yeah, No,
0: no, no. People apparently travel from all over yes. to see it because there's so few it's of them. so Yeah, there's, there, there and, are very uh,
1: few corpse flowers in existence, and too many of them are not one,
2: blooming. Exactly. To actually
0: see one bloom is amazing. Uh, so anyway, I just thought that that was something that I was fun and different. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why I wanted to it a little
2: tag on to Gwyn's Garden, Garden gems. gems. Uh-huh. Obviously, we already talked about activities and rituals that you can perform anything to do with baking or grain. Right. Well,
1: and, and activities are, like, because Lu, especially if, if you're celebrating Lunasa instead mm-hmm. of Lamas, mm-hmm. Lu is all about mastering skills and arts. Yeah. You know, this is a good time to, A, yeah. do sports. If you can't physically do sports, cheer someone else on doing sports. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's a good time to dedicate yourself to a new skill or or art. This includes craft. Lu, yeah, right, craft. Yeah. craft. Yep. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like. Like learn to watercolor or to whittle or to weave yeah, to yeah. Knit. Um, so so because that's so curl too yeah oh, knit no, and curl oh. yeah so terrible. so when that's um, because that's lose sort of area of expertise right. right it's a
2: good time to do those sorts exactly. of things yep. the incenses that I have listed aloes Rose, sandalwood, and frankincense are all very good incenses to use. Right. The tools that are listed here is athame. I've seen that uh, in a couple of places. I would also Rush, yeah. think uh, for people who use a bowline because it's a it's a cutting exactly. Sickle. Yeah. The, the, d- yeah more, the, I would think a sickle tool would be yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. If you're well,
1: and if you're not familiar with the difference. An athame is a ceremonial knife that mm-hmm. is never used to cut anything. Right. A bowline is what's called the white-handled knife. It doesn't have to be a sickle, but it no. is a knife it's that got you have kind of a rounded edge. It doesn't have to. It doesn't no. have to. A bowline okay. is just the white-handled knife. Okay. It's traditional for it to be sickle-shaped or mm-hmm. curved, but it's not it's not like a requirement. But it is traditionally used
2: for cutting herbs that you will yeah, use in magic. Exactly. Yeah. So I would think in this case, I would think a bowline would yeah be would more be more sickle. appropriate yep, yep. or a sickle. I think there are a lot kind of people or who something that cuts right. And, and I, I, I think there are just yeah. a lot of people who don't know about bowlines. Yeah. Yep. I just think anything that would be a, a harvesting kind of tool. Yeah. Yep. Um, stones and gems are carnelian, citrine, amber, and tourmaline. The colors would be red, orange, gold, yellow, brown, and bronze. Although I would throw green in there too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Although this is because it's harvest time, mm-hmm. and because the focus is on the harvest, mm-hmm. I understand why it's not included. Just mm-hmm. because most people are thinking of harvesting golden things right. golden like wheat and corn and, and, and yeah. Yeah.
2: The threshing tools. Obviously, are symbols and decorations. Mm-hmm. Uh, corn dollies, which we're going to make some corn dollies yes. from. Uh, which I guess it's one of the reasons why I was thinking. Green, because, you know, a lot of the... the Right.
1: Well, some people make their corn dollies out of dried... We make our corn dollies out of the still green leaves. And then they dry
2: over time. And they dry to be cold over time, yeah.
1: Um, And they're much easier to work with when they're still green. That is the truth. Okay, so corn well, dollies. You realize
0: that if they're dried, you're supposed to soak them in water first, right? Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. but I still find the green much. Okay. easier. Greener, easier. And then it really, it's actually flexible. kind of interesting to watch because we put them on our altars. Yeah, and then you can watch them you dry. Can watch them dry and, and sort of curl. curl.
1: Yeah, it's and then, very
2: interesting. And we save them until selling, So it, it's uh, it's just fun. I, b- I believe you. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I'm getting looks like incredibly We reasons.
2: <laughs> Flowers, obviously, would make a good decoration or symbol, wheat stalks, yellow candles, corn, sheaves of grain, foods, all grains, breads, cheeses, Mm -hmm. cider, fruits, vegetables, herbs, pies, corn, early apples, berries, jellies, and herbal sun teas. I think that would be fun to make an herbal sun tea.
0: There are two things that I want to bring up. Mint is one of the most revered herbs of Druids. Oh. Uh, its magical properties are protection and healing, especially at this stage of the year. Its properties are drawing abundance and prosperity. Okay. So mint is a big one. And then meadowsweet, which is the most sacred of herbs to Druids.
1: Tell me about meadowsweet.
0: Meadowsweet was most often like worn as a garland around this time of year. Yeah. Um, but it can also be called Queen of the Mellow or Bridewort okay. or Bride of the Meadow. Yeah. I and mean, it's used for love spells and can be strewn to promote peace and it's got a very heady scent. Mm. I mean, oh, it's very like scentful. a
1: very floral. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. yep.
2: Interesting. And then the last thing on here is herbs and flowers. And now the aloes were listed actually under incense, but it makes right. more sense to put it under herbs and flowers. Right. So aloes. Heather, and hollyhock. Right.
1: And And then I I also found that sunflower, ginseng, and hops Mm -hmm. were common correspondences for this time. Calendula. Calendula, Calendula. which is uh,
0: potted marigolds, basically. Mm -hmm. You'll find that
1: in a candle sense, Mm -hmm. uh, not infrequently. Yeah. Yeah. I love calendula.
0: So, yeah, sunflowers are, of course, a big deal. They're very Mm -hmm. Mm fertility-oriented.
2: Yep. Did you know you can now get sunflower? They've apparently bred sunflowers in different colors. I am deeply unsurprised. (laughs) So that could be cr- kind of cool, actually. It could be interesting. Although the,
1: the, standard, <laughs> the, traditional the standard OG sunflower will do for now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> for- o- OG.
2: <laughs> original gold. I original. know, I know. <laughs> Guess what? It's time for reviews! He keeps going higher I and know. higher. Someday you're going to reach your limit, my dude. You're going to be like... <laughs> <laughs> you're getting there toward the
1: really high end of the tenor. I mean, I know you're a tenor, but... You're gonna Actually, end up in a falsetto. Well, I know, but yeah, but he can fake being a tenor. That's I, so I sing up,
0: tenor. You're gonna end up in a.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're not careful. You're gonna end up in a falsetto. Um, <laughs> That's how I'm ending it now. All right.
2: Okay. So let's talk. Let's
0: let's <laughs> do this. Review. Look forward
1: to that. So so this we're we're reviewing this is today. The
2: crazy episode so This is turning out to be.
1: We're reviewing today a book called "The Art of Lenormand Reading" by Alexander Musrak and it's super good.
0: This was provided to us yeah. for free for, for a an non- honest, for an honest review.
2: For honest <laughs> For a non-biased review. For, for a, a non-biased review. review. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for an unbiased review. <laughs> oh my god. We need to write this uh, down somewhere.
1: So, Gwyn and I picked up a Lenormand deck Wait, a couple months ago
2: at cards Arts and craft. Crafts, Michigan ah. <laughs> so we so Run we picked that owned by Pat and Paul
1: <laughs> we picked that up a few months ago to learn with and it came with a little book that had you know descriptions of yeah. the cards in it right. and, yep. and, nice and little up, beginner and of had to do grand tableau and everything yep. and so it was the book it came with was not
2: it's bad it's just basic
1: yeah, it's basic, and I didn't love the way the cards were described. It, it was just says, easy Lenore yeah, for beginners. I didn't I, find it that easy.
2: Fair. But I, the, will be, I will agree with you on that. So
1: it. the descriptions of the cards in the book that it came with were just these sort of, like, mishmash paragraphs of, mm-hmm. like, here's a whole bunch of nonsense words thrown together to describe <laughs> this card. <laughs> and, like, you could make it work, but... It was a struggle. Yeah, it, it was so. I was, was really excited to read this book, and I'm pretty pleased with it. With I am it, as well. I'm gonna. I'm,
2: I you know I read it pretty fast so we could do this review. I'm gonna mm-hmm. go back and like highlight. Yeah, the I. PDF. <laughs> I did not read the entire thing. I skimmed through to my the parts that I thought were most interesting. Mm-hmm. It starts at a, a real basic level and then builds from nuance. there. The, it's it's a really
1: it. in the, the way these chapters are constructed is really interesting because he'll cover each card. Mm-hmm. like 6 times. But each time it's each chapter different. he's covering a different layer of that card's meanings. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you so you start with this really basic stuff and then you build nuances and layers of information over time through the book. And so by the time you get to the end of the book, you have all this information on these different subjects mm-hmm. relating to each card. So you've built up this huge knowledge base gotcha. of like keywords and concepts and relevant information mm-hmm. about these cards. Very and, cool.
2: And it's also set up in such a way that after you've read through it, you can go back. Yeah, it's very it'll be very it's easy very, to it's reference very easy to reference very, it's very user-friendly. Mm-hmm.
1: And unlike the book that came with our deck, you don't have to read, like, a whole paragraph mm-hmm. of, like, it's narrative. It's very, very concise. Yeah. There, there are these, like, table, he's got tables with keywords, so that it's mm-hmm. very easy to, like, glance through for a refresher. But I, what I really, really liked was the way the information built up over mm-hmm. the chapters. Mm-hmm. He, he cool. has
2: a very good teaching style, mm-hmm. basically, is it cool. comes down to. And he gives, you know, basic information about Mademoiselle Lenormand. Right. And the... Yeah, there's a, there's a brief like history of yeah. Lenormand. the how the Lenormand deck works, mm-hmm. and then demystifying the cards. And yeah,
1: yes, he's very inviting. There's no like arrogance or pretension in his in this book at all. He very clearly feels that like if you get a Lenormand deck and learn how to read it and, like, approach it with the understanding that it will tell you true secret information, it will tell you true secret information. Mm-hmm. Like, gotcha. he doesn't mm-hmm. think you need to be special to read Lenormand. His stance is very much like, anybody can do this, I'm going to show
2: you how. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Get your life in order with
1: Lenormand now.
2: Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> he you also- rhymed. I rhymed. <laughs> He also has things in here like, uh, you know, he describes the different significators.
1: Yeah, he talks about there's oh, so there's this one little caveat I have. He talks about the significators, which are the cards that designate the Querents and other important mm-hmm. people in their lives. Lenormand is a very gendered deck There's no card for a non-binary or, a, or an ungendered significator You are either the man or the woman Those are the two cards yeah. for, for the Quarant There is no other tr- So I, he doesn't get into that And I don't blame him for that Because presumably this is not an issue for him But he does get into Same-sex relationships uh, As read in the Lenormand Because traditionally If the Quarant is a male All romance The woman would be the significant other In in a romance reading. And so for same-sex relationships, that's obviously not great. So he reads the dog as the significant other in a gay male relationship and the snake as the significant other in a gay female relationship. There are, and I understand why he does this, because the animal cards in Lenormand almost exclusively refer to people Mm -hmm. in the the Quarant's life. I understand why he does this. However, there are some, I'm gonna call them implications, Mm -hmm. about calling, about using those two specific cards. Mm -hmm. Okay, there are just some implications there that if you're straight and you've never encountered any drama about queerness maybe this is not going to be obvious mm. to you gay men are compared to animals very frequently mm. in real life in very non complimentary ways right. and gay women often deal with being presented as liars Mm -hmm. and manipulators, manipulators, which is what the snake represents. Mm -hmm. So there are implications here that I don't think he has fully thought through. And they are. I would certainly l-
2: hope he didn't intend. No,
1: it I, I I really yeah. suspect he didn't intend it this way. Because he
2: doesn't come off that way in other areas of. The no,
1: and all, so. and when he describes the cards, I understand why he uses these cards. Because mm-hmm, when he right. describes the cards, mm-hmm. the dog to him is a guardian angel character. It's a figure mm-hmm. who is a loyal protector. Gotcha. And the snake to him is a, when it's a person, a beautiful, elegant woman. Mm-hmm. So I understand why he chose these cards but for he- significant others. So I'm, I guarantee it's just because he doesn't have the frame of reference right. to understand. Why this will upset queer readers, mm-hmm. but as a queer person who has that reference point, yeah. right. like that was a, an unpleasant moment yeah. for me. He does mention that there are other readers. Who will use the Rider card as the significant other in a same-sex
2: relationship, mm-hmm. and that would probably be my preference. That would right. be a better yeah. preference, yeah. Well, at least he gave that option. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I think it does ultimately does come down to the reader and how they're going to interpret and these their relationship things, with, and the, their deck. Relationship right. with yeah. the deck, and their just their overall
1: understanding of yes. these. So I, I I mentioned this not even specifically as a criticism of the author, but just as a warning for any queer readers, that this, this exists in the book. It's pretty brief. It's in the very mm-hmm. beginning that he talks about, like, how he reads for same-sex couples. Mm-hmm. But if that is going to turn you off, like know that it's in there, yeah. that yeah. that this moment is going to happen in this book, and it mm, is going to be a little unpleasant. Yeah. yeah, and I
0: would even say just for queer readers. I mean, I'm I'm right. Admittedly, I'm the only cis person in our house. Right. But it would it would anger me. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, Gwen you, is
1: cis? She's just bi. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: But but just as a right. You know, as a as an as ally, as, an ally of as a queer an person. Ally. As a mm-hmm. queer person, you know, it's very much a.
1: Yeah, it's unpleasant. It's unpleasant, right. If you understand the implications that are there, Mm -hmm. which I don't think he intended, but again, like because of the society we live
2: in, these are implications that exist. Right, right, Right. exactly. And I think that's slowly starting to become more, there's more awareness starting right. to come to the, awareness, these issues.
1: Yes. Awareness, yes. Progress. But not progress, progress. Who knows? <laughs> right, yeah. But anyway,
2: yep. so so I do think that that was important to mention. The other thing I just, I just want to say overall, I do think overall it's a good book. Mm-hmm. He has various spreads in here. He has, um uh, And he
1: talks about reading them in a really coherent way. Yeah, very coherent. Um, ab- About, like, how you never read a card in it As an individual, you always Mm. read it in reference to the cards around it. Mm -hmm. Even when you're doing really short spreads, like three or five card spreads, you're always reading the story of those cards rather than a sequence of individual cards. Exactly.
2: He talks about how you can describe physical attributes of people. uh, Yeah, that's one of the layers. (laughs) That's one of the. There's another layer is spiritual readings, as far as like spirits that are trying to communicate to Mm -hmm. to the individual who's being read. Or if there's, you know, an ancestor or somebody, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, I, I think overall... It's very it's, thorough. It's a it's, very thorough book. It's a very good book. Mm-hmm.
0: Obviously, I didn't read it, which is why I haven't put in much information into <laughs> this. But it's interesting to hear you all talk about the different layers. When we've used Lenormand before, it's been very straightforward, kind of yes, no, and very... I,
2: yep, very and practical, very tangible. Inert,
0: you know probably it, the wrong word there, but, but very tangible, tangible answers where this can be a lot more esoteric, I think, yeah, because of the can. different layers. He
1: talks about that in the beginning of the book, about how when you're going to read with Lenormand, you need to decide before
2: you start mm-hmm. what you want it to tell you. Yeah, and gotcha. that I did like. It. He's very He gives very yeah. uh, thorough direction on this is how you approach do, your reading. Do you yeah.
1: want to get... A very practical, tangible, results-based reading. Right. Or do you want to check in with your personality and your, mm. your higher self? Or do you want to read esoterically into the future, like as more as a tarot style? Gotcha. And so
2: that's the cool thing is that he gives you this option. That's the thing I think about this easy-to-understand uh, <laughs> version that we had is that it was a beginner deck. It, it really, was very simple. It was very simple. It didn't go into that. It really pretty much kept it to a very standard yes, no, answer the question mm-hmm kind of reading. A tangible results-based A tangible based reading. results-based reading where this just kind of blossoms into a lot mm-hmm. of different possibilities. And it starts
1: in that place. It starts it in that position of very tangible mm-hmm. reality-oriented physical stuff. Gotcha. And then
2: it just yeah, those, as those of, layers, but it blooms. It's almost like he's saying, okay this is where you start, but look at where you can go mm-hmm. if you want to. Gotcha.
1: Yep. I still feel, for me at least at this stage, that Lenormand makes the most sense as a tangible... Mm-hmm reading tool Mm -hmm. um, because I have tarot for those other things if I become more comfortable with Lenormand and especially as I follow this book Mm -hmm. I would not be surprised if my understanding of Lenormand expands with the book
2: and I think that um, based on just the what I've read so far and I'm going to give it a deeper read Mm -hmm. because I want to learn more I think that, as far as like if you want to become a professional reader for others, mm-hmm. I can almost see a Lenormand deck based on this book becoming a, a really good, a really strong, strong all-purpose tool. tool. Yeah. All-purpose tool because you can tailor your reading based on what you're the person you're reading for well, and wants. Yeah, you can gotcha. go
1: into these different lists, le- so you can do. And he he gives at the back of the book um, some like examples of readings, like how you he he'll like say, okay, so Marie asks this question, mm-hmm. and we pull these cards, and her answer is this. So those examples are useful. Interesting. Uh, And he has at the back, at the very, very back of the book, he's got a huge diagrammed Mm -hmm. Example of reading a grand tableau for someone, which is fascinating. He mm-hmm. does recommend don't start with the grand tableau. Yeah, <laughs> wait until you're at mm-hmm. least an intermediate user mm-hmm. to, to, to try and a grand I agree tableau. With that but but he's got this this really detailed diagram at the back, which is fascinating to read. So he talks about how, and you can see the way these different layers of the of the meanings of the cards are built. Mm-hmm. That you could start with a question about like, okay, well, how's my love life going to go in the next six months, right? And that would be a pretty, pretty standard, standard, question. tangible. Results-based reading with the significators tuned for romance, mm-hmm. right? And then, if they got back, well, you're gonna meet someone new in the next six months who'll be a romance option for you. Well, they they could come back to you and say, okay, well, what are they gonna look like? Yeah, and, and where are they gonna come from? And you could you can expand. You could do a new reading with that layer of the cards, right? And pull that information out. Interesting, because. The different layers of the cards include things mm-hmm. like, where are they from, and what do they look like, and so mm-hmm. on and so on, mm-hmm. based around the significators and, and how the... he just Like, he describes a reading he did for a woman who was going to get three suitors in a short span of time, and the third one would be the right one. And so she wanted to know what they looked like, so he did readings, and, like, the bird card comes up, so he knows that, well, this particular suitor has piercing eyes like the bird... And, the, you know, the ship card comes up. So this is, this is a, a tanned uh, man who's probably a foreigner. Mm-hmm. And like, she came back, you know, six months yeah. later and was like, you were right on, <laughs> texting him, like, the here's a photo of
2: the latest bow. He looks exactly as you described. Yeah. <laughs> so That's anyway, right, I, I think the, the long and the short of it is this is a good book. It's mm-hmm. a useful book. We recommend it. Strongly. Yeah, strongly recommend.
1: I, I, as long as you can overlook those, yep. that, those little quibbles. Little, yep. little
2: quibble. That's it for the reviews! Don't do that again. (laughs) (coughs) They don't really have
0: a very good falsetto. Um,
1: Uh, It's a struggle. A falsetto is a a very specific tool in a singer's box.
0: (laughs) I also want to bring up that if you live in the West Michigan area, Amy Fournier Flather does a class at Arts oh, and yeah, Crafts yeah, right. on the Lenormans. Yep, yep. So if you live in this area, check out the Arts and Craft page. Yeah, and see when their next Lenormand, yeah, event we need is. need to go to them. Yep. Yeah. I just thought I would bring that out. Yeah. Now we are on to <laughs> Odes
1: Stone Corner! <laughs> I'm a wrestler now, apparently. I know, apparently. There are, I've got a few more stones that are correspondent for Lunasa, which I'm going to run through really fast, and then I'm just going to cover one stone in relative detail. So we've got carnelian, citrine, and amber, which Gwen mentioned. Uh, And then I'm also going to suggest bloodstone, also known as heliotrope, and rutilated quartz. For this time, Rutilated Quartz, not as a correspondent on its own, but as a sort of supplementary stone, because the other stones used during this time are very sort of have a very sort of enthusiastic energy. Rutilated Quartz uh, is good for clear vision, psychic and otherwise, and for sort of filtering information. So when you're working with these really active Stones, especially if you're working, working with more than one where their energies might sort of like collide, I recommend bringing a rutilated quartz along just for filtering and processing all the stuff that's going to be happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the stone I'm actually going to talk about right now is bloodstone, which is, uh, it's called heliotrope. It, it was originally called heliotrope, uh, which means sun to turn. Uh, and it was named that by the Greeks because of how they thought the bloodstones were created by, like, r- a relationship to the sun. Okay. Um, bloodstone is actually a variant of Chalcedony, and Chalcedony is a variant of quartz. Uh, it's it's derived from a combination of quartz and other minerals. And so Chalcedony is green jasper with red hematite inclusions. So it's a very dark green stone, usually and then it has red speckles in it which are described as looking like blood and so that's where the 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 common name for bloodstone comes from it's associated with vitality and activity and athletics it's a very uh, it's a very it's, loose stone it's a very loose, loose stone. stone yeah, yeah. Um, And it's got a lot of people who use stones for healing uh, recommend Bloodstone for circulatory problems, uh, obviously. And it just is very vitalizing. If you're having low energy, if you're a little bit anemic, if you have a hard time working up the motivation to do things, Bloodstone is a good one. But the reason I... and, And obviously these things do correspond to Lou. But the reason I recommend Bloodstone for this holiday is that it has elements or connotations of sacrifice in it, too. There are some folk stories from Christendom about how bloodstone was created when the blood of Christ fell on the rock. And that's not unique to Christianity. There are sacrificial deities, including Lu, in a number of religions. Mm -hmm. And bloodstone is... Especially relevant to the the gods who are sacrificial fertility deities. Because bloodstone looks like, and in this instance represents, divine blood Mm -hmm. mixing with and fertilizing the earth. So I would recommend meditating on bloodstone and on the necessary sacrifices in your life. And then, you know, go out and do something, exercise, bring a Bloodstone with you, Mm -hmm. get, like, sweaty, because that is sort of Bloodstone's oeuvre. Mm -hmm. And and that's it. And that's it
0: for Odes Stone Corner!
1: (laughs) I gotta have something different for each one, people. I mean, come on. You don't have to. You could have done the singing song for each one.
0: No. It's gotta be different. Refusal. It's... It's the radio in me. <laughs> I'm required to have a different thing for each <laughs>
1: every, thing. Every second every, segment yes. must have a unique yep. sound. So right, are we pretty enough.
0: close to being...
1: I think we've covered you have anything? pretty much. Mm, I think that's... Oh, I had a few more correspondences. Just sort of miscellaneous correspondences. Mm. High noon is when a lot of people will do things during Lunasa and Lamas. I think because a lot of people have, have created like a solar connection to Lunasa. I think because it's got the gold and the yellow color associations. And so people think like, okay, it's obviously also connected to fire and the sun and those things. I think historically, it was more connected to water than to fire, elementally. Right. Because the tradition was to go to sacred wells and seek blessings at wells Mm -hmm, and healing at wells. Throw flowers into rivers. Yeah. yeah, And I've actually read suggestions that your corn dollies, when you dispose of them, um should be thrown if, as long as they're fully biodegradable should not be thrown into a fire but should be thrown into your local waterway as part of blessing that waterway mm. with the energy of
0: I could see of that the, as sac- yeah. if it was a corn god if, yeah. if it was a corn witch then you would Then burn you would it. Burn, burn it, it. yeah yep yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. that's 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 how I think I would break yep. that yep. down yep. yeah Agreed. interesting yeah. yeah so then like I said a lot of people have a, a solar connection to this and that does make more sense to me than a lunar connection, if you were determined to make I guess, an astrological I guess it connection. it
0: makes somewhat sense, though, that high noon, because I would think, like, farmers would be pretty much done harvesting well, by then. you would yeah. hope so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If they start at the dawn. Party would start. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah and exactly. And here's the thing.
2: As a, a farmer's granddaughter, mm-hmm. uh, I do understand my grandfather used to plant by the cycles of the moon, so I understand how it has a lunar energy and a lunar connection, just because a lot of farmers, the Farmer's Almanac, they go by, you know, they go by what the... um Really? The, farmers yeah.
1: plant by moon cycles? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, at
2: least my grandfather did. That may have been from the old country, because he was German. Your,
1: yeah, yeah, your German grandpappy was... <laughs>
2: was... <laughs> was low-key witching up his fields. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think he realized it because as no. my father would say, he was a Baptist. He was a Baptist, yeah. But, <laughs> but if no, he was yeah. planted by moon cycles, that came from yeah, somewhere and yeah, it didn't yeah, come he, from he the church. Pl- <laughs> he planted by the, by the moon cycles. Yeah. And he harvested, you know, based on, on uh, That's these as well. So, yeah. So it makes complete sense to me that Lunasad has a, would have a, lunar... a lunar energy to Interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah. Complete, much more so than solar. Right.
1: <laughs> Right? but yeah, so, and and then I would imagine you definitely want to be done with your harvest by noon, because that's when it gets hot. Well, right. that's yeah, when exactly. my,
2: that like, for instance, my, my uncle or my grandfather, they'd be, they'd go out super early in the morning, yep. they'd, you know, milk the cows. And right, do, do all the their, farm stuff. Do all the farm stuff, you know, if it was harvesting or whatever. They'd come in about 11, they'd have lunch, and then, uh, but they would be back out there you know, in like probably by one or two. By one or two. So um I would imagine So noon was the the brief rest period. Well and I would imagine uh and then they would go until, you know sunset, right. basically. Or dinner time. It would make sense to me in in ancient days you know it starts getting hot Mm -hmm. around you know around that time and then but once you get past a certain time in the afternoon it starts to cool and you would go back out to the field but
0: if all you were doing was harvesting which is what that day was true you would would be done that the harvest would be done by and then they
2: could have their their party right exactly (laughs) and then they party all night yep yep and then
1: just one other random factoid that i wanted to share (laughs)
2: <laughs> Sorry.
1: you're going to be singing me. all the time now.
0: We just... That's the first that's time. That's the first
1: time we've sung on the podcast. <laughs> other, than, other
0: than like... Oh, wow, that's crazy. Okay, go ahead. No. Um, we talked about it forever. Dance. Yeah.
1: Oh, we what? didn't sing safety dance. We talked about safety oh, dance. Right. Anyway, yeah. I just had one other like little random factoid I wanted to throw out there, which is that although Lamas is technically a Christian holiday, as it is celebrated now there was found an Anglo-Saxon Book of Charms. And Ooh. in that Anglo-Saxon Book of Charms, which was written at some point in the medieval period, there is a suggestion to take your Lamas bread, which has been blessed now, that you baked this bread with the first grain and you took it to the church and it got blessed and you brought it home, break it into four pieces, put them in the four corners of your barn to protect your your oh, harvest
2: from sense. pests. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: So we're going to take the, t- we're just doing to them what they did to us. Yep. It's turn around as fair play. Is mm-hmm. that, what that is? Yep. So- turn around as fair play.
1: Yep. Or all fair in love and war. Yeah. That's
0: right. So all's fair in religion and, re- and, and, and worship. And I
1: don't know. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> all
0: right. So that's it for yeah, this episode. Yeah, I think that's
1: everything. I think we have um, gone as far as we can go. Yeah, I think we've covered all the content. I guess we just have the wrap up stuff to do. All right.
0: That. So that means you can find us at the number three, pagansandacat.com. You can also find us on Facebook at the number three, P-A-A-C. That's three-pack. You can also find us on Twitter at underscore three... No. No. At, no. It's at three at underscore Three pagans. underscore pagans. That's the one I was looking for. Everything else is on the website, so yeah. you can get to the Patreon there. You can get to the Discord there. Yep. You can find our Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Our if little you're, red
1: bubble shop. Our, if you're yep, on our. our
0: Facebook page... And you're not a member of our Facebook group? Yep. Please join our Facebook group because I uploaded something that I thought was really cool last night. Yep. I found in the breadth of stuff I have on my mm-hmm. laptop a ritual creation worksheet that is Which seven is pages long. Super
1: interesting. Yeah. It's, it's It's got all these, like, suggestions for things to add to, at different points in your ritual. Yep. Um, sometimes In some cases, things that, like, just wouldn't occur to me. So it's really interesting to have them all sort of listed there. And you can, like, mm-hmm. check them off and be like, yes, they'll do this, oh, this, s- and this. Right, exactly. So mm-hmm. it's a really interesting worksheet that we wanted to share with you guys. And Communitas Paganis, if you're listening, we're going to have everyone fill this out. So It's we actually can-
0: uploaded to the Communitas Paganas page yeah. as a group. Mm-hmm. as well and please fill it out and yeah, either we'll return it to me via email or bring it to the next communitas yeah because
1: we're going to be we're going to be yep. syncretizing our ritual preferences to build a ritual we can all do together yeah so that'll be a fun time
0: we also we being odinai yep will be next saturday yes right, at detroit pagan pride Yep, teaching pretty much consistently from eleven thirty until like three.
1: Yeah, they gave us three class slots right in a row, so we're yep. going to be teaching the Building Your Book series at supersonic speeds. Yeah,
0: so one hour or one and a half hours. Is it one I think hour? it's
1: one hour. One each, hour. hour yeah. One hour each. So, so it's even shorter. Yeah, than even was shorter
2: it? than it was. It's going to be ultra Sad super th- or pagan fest. Ultra supersonic speed. Yeah, yeah. Got to go fast style. Personally, like, I would love to have seen that, but <laughs> yeah.
1: So I'll just talk really, really fast. Anyway, right, so we're. I not say
0: anything.
1: <laughs> so we're going to be doing that. Uh, so basically, Ode is going in, to be changing uh, your on ability on the We're going to yeah. be doing that on Saturday.
2: <laughs> yep. So if you're going to be there, look for us.
0: Yes. Yeah, we're in one tent the entire time.
2: Yep. Yeah, so definitely make Can't sure you stop by and say it, hello there. to them. Harass them a little bit for me. Yeah, Heckles. Yes. <laughs> I have to work. Yeah, Gwen
0: has to work, so.
2: All right, I think that's. That's it. Yeah, that's it. All right, yeah. all right, all
0: right see you guys. you guys. Bye. 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 See ya. Bye. 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 See ya. See ya. We love you. Bye. You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat? Find out more information at www.3pagansinacat.com.